0: Welcome to the Really Simple Investing Podcast, where you can learn from others how to be a successful investor. We bring you investors, authors, and experts in investing to help you learn more about how you can invest in some really simple ways. If you want to be a successful investor, join us every week for the interview. Hey, welcome to the Really Simple Investing Podcast. I'm Floyd Saunders, your host. Today's guest is Don Gleason. Don served in the United States Air Force for 27 years and nine years as a corporate consultant. Dan has run two companies with a purpose, getting people into jobs where the day zips by because they love to the work. Don is also an executive director with Maxwell Leadership. We'll talk about that a little bit. And for the past 41 years, he's worked with dozens of team members to help them with their finances, set up budgets, and start investing for the future. Don's a four-time Ramsey financial peace coach, and he uses those tools to help people get
1: out of debt and invest for the future. So welcome to the show, Don. And I appreciate the opportunity to be here, Floyd, and uh, thanks for letting me be a guest and uh, and talking about something that's near to my heart. So, Absolutely. It. Tell me a little bit about your Air Force background, if you would. Well, the funny thing, I was just doing a uh, mentor session about an hour ago with a young man who's graduating college and he's going to be in, he's in ROTC. He says, You know, I'm not sure he's going to have a gap of six to eight months before he goes out active duty. He goes, I'm not sure if I should try to get in with a company, try to volunteer work. What do you recommend? It brought me back to my time in 1982 where I was tired of co- of college I was tired of school I wanted to get out and get some real world experience ah uh, absolutely we all get so, tired about our senior year don't we so I looked at the Air Force took a couple different interviews but I uh, got an opportunity to join just get four years of experience to do some really neat things you know so I got to have some really really neat experience to lead in different ways I mean the, uh, the 2000- military
0: will do that for people won't it yeah
1: 2004 I got to go to Baghdad and be a leader in the reconstruction effort of the com- of the country. Twelve point eight billion dollar reconstruction group.
0: Well, that had to be an immense project. You later moved on as a corporate consultant and started two businesses. You got into leadership roles, trying to develop the culture of the company and help the people that you work that worked with you specifically mm-hmm. around budgeting and finance and investing. So, tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, you know what I found was it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about a minute ago. With my passion was. Cleaning up America's waters, and then it came into leading people. And I found, as I was leading people, and especially like I was with Booz Allen, when the government shut down in 2015, immediately I saw Coast Guardsmen in the food line at various food banks around the country. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing some research and found how many military are not saving; their living paycheck to paycheck.
0: And then I found and how they're trying is, to
1: find enough money to buy groceries. In exactly. some cases, right? That's right. You know, what what does Dave Ramsey say? I had too much month for my paycheck, Mm -hmm. right? I was ending three to five days short. And I just saw, I said, I got to do something. I think that that goes back to where I'm at in life now. I'm 63, two companies helping military and non-military in their transition between jobs. Finances is a big piece of that. Because when you are working paycheck to paycheck, you can't stop to find the best job. You just need a job. It's a grind, isn't it? It is a grind. And then you get stuck in the job because you can't leave it for fear that you can't find the next one. I'm really about in this factor that we're talking about is how do we help people budget and get out of debt and be givers to the point where. You're, ma- you're minimizing the risk. I was just talking to this young lady coming up SVB bank issue last week. They had been saving and saving and they made a big payment, $60,000 off of their house. And it's just the, the reduction of risk and the comfort of we are going to be okay. Even if he loses his job now with this bank issue, That they're a tech company. But if they can't get out their money, just having peace, right? Financial peace. It just felt so good to hear people make those decisions. And the, and the folks I work with, it was neat to see them finally connect with it, start making the right decisions.
0: What are some of the things that you did to help people connect with the idea that they could actually save some money, be in a budget, and put some money into investing?
1: You know, I always start with the big picture. What is it you really want to do? Most people just think, oh, I just want to make as much money as I can, go enjoy the world, you know, have the things that I want to have, and that's it. And They don't think about a budget. In fact, they see a budget as restrictive instead of free. So it's all about mindset pieces. If we're not thinking long term, like what do I, how do I want to live when I hit hit retirement? Uh-huh. What do I want to do then? Because if if you if you're living paycheck to paycheck now, and you get to retirement, and I think somebody heard recently the average retiree has like fifty three thousand dollars in savings, based upon looking at mutual funds and stuff like that, like you can't live hardly for a year on that little twenty years. All right. So if you're not thinking differently. For the long term, you're going to make the wrong short-term decision. And then working on the mindset that a budget is really freeing. It doesn't, it's not restrictive in that you can't spend. It's freeing that I've got this much money to spend, right? If I want to go travel, I can put that much money in there. I, I like to
0: say money. it starts putting you on a path in the right direction. You yeah. Know? I like that. Rather than kind of wandering aimlessly mm-hmm. and trying to make it from month to month, you now have a path that puts you in the direction that you want to go.
1: We're not thinking about what path we want to be on what's the end result that we want to get to and what's the steps that we can happen this exactly it, it
0: seems like to me said. that investing is just like anything else in life If you don't have a goal that you want to accomplish, you won't get there but if you have a goal you start working toward that goal and that goal might be starting to save you know 10 or fifteen dollars a week fifty dollars a month whatever it is that you can put away when you start seeing that compound interest growing in that account, and you start seeing, well, this money is growing at a much faster clip because I've invested it now in a good index fund compared to a savings account, let's say. You know, this is something I want to continue to do. And then you start thinking about more ways that you can save money and more ways that you can invest in your money. And it just starts to compound not only in your head, but compound in your bank account.
1: That's exactly right. It all starts with that goal and that desire, doesn't it?
0: It does. It's like anything in life, right? I mean, you know, you get out of college, Or high school, and you think, well, I have a goal. I want to get a job, right? So, what do you do? You spend a lot of time figuring out how to get a job. You know, how do you want to get a job in the career path that you want to follow? Mm -hmm. Uh, Once you start doing that, then you say, well, I want to have, you know, a nice car or a nice home. You start figuring out how to make that happen. And we put investing last when we should put investing first, right? right. I don't know about the financial peace program that Dave Ramsey put together. But does he talk about that at all, about putting investing first, putting yourself first with oh, your yeah. budget?
1: That's that's a, that's a one of the primary principles. And not only that, giving. Right from the very beginning, he's trying to get you into giving. Because there's just something magical when you start giving the money away and investing in your community, investing in your church, investing in, you know, maybe it's the Heart Association or the Cancer Association, whatever uh-huh. it is, leukemia, lymphoma <clears throat> society or whatever it is. It changes your heart. It changes your mindset. Right. I think, so let's start talking a little bit more about
0: investing itself and the ideas that you tried to present to people. When you talk to people after they've got their budget going and they've got some money set aside that they can now invest, what do you suggest to them as a path to go on for investing?
1: The, the piece that I love was, this is kind of funny. I was having an argument, kind of an argument with my sister-in-law. And it was about just the debt snowball, right? Because now you create a budget <laughs> and you list your debt smallest to largest. And Dave Ramsey's all about the debt snowball. And it made so much sense to me because my sister in law was arguing, says, Dave Ramsey's an it. I was like, well, why do you say that? She says, because you always go after the one with the highest interest first. You're going to save more money that way. And I just have That's not to- wrong. It's not wrong. It's right. It's another method. It is It's a method. It may not be the best method depending on your perspective, right? If, right. if your goal, you know, but if you think about it from a mindset piece and building the momentum, and Dave Ramsey and the, I'm sorry, John Maxwell and the 21 Area Food laws, laws of Leadership is the law of the Big Mo. It's momentum, right? It's momentum will keep you going toward your goal. So if you start paying off a small debt and you see it, bing, that one's gone. It's that feeling
0: of accomplishment that you get, right? I mean, that debt might only be a few hundred dollars or $500 Mm -hmm. toward your overall debt. And you know the average consumer has at least $8,000 in credit card debt, and maybe on one or two or three different accounts, that if you can start setting those goals where you can knock that off, it starts making you feel better about what you're accomplishing, right? And and that's exactly what Dave Ramsey's talking about, is putting your mindset in a place where you're accomplishing something. That's right? right. I mean, there's yeah. nothing wrong with trying to get rid of yeah. that high interest credit card debt. You could just simply refinance that debt with lower interest. But the idea of snowballing these things to get rid of something means mm-hmm. that you've accomplished mm-hmm. something. So now we've got to that point that we're clearing up our debt. We have some excess money that we can start investing. Where do we go?
1: The piece there, I think, is, is know yourself. It's, it's kind of like know your risk tolerance. Some people jump in and say, well, I want to buy Apple." Or I want to buy Tesla. Or I want to buy Facebook. It's the next hot stock. something that's that they see going up, but they haven't really looked at how often does that stock go up or down, and right. can you tolerate that? It, it's say, like say, it's
0: like the pretty balloon that's flying mm-hmm. in the sky. Everybody's attracted to that that sparkle up there. Tesla might be the sparkle of the moment, but that was mm-hmm. two years ago. It's not the, it's not there now, right? So where do you where do you go right. if you have a plan? That's really what. You want to have something that helps you start building your wealth over time. That's right.
1: I know Warren Buffett. I don't know Warren Buffett personally. I don't mean to say that, but Warren Buffett did a a test. He did the competition where he invested in the S&P 500. He challenged anybody to use any fund and try to beat him. And they ended the test a year early because nobody was anywhere There was one hedge fund manager that took the bet, a million bucks,
0: and it just happened to be that it was at a period of time when the S&P 500 was going up, and he thought Mm -hmm. he could still Mm -hmm. beat that performance, and he didn't. And so he lost that bet, and they paid a a million dollars to a charity. Peanuts Mm -hmm. to Buffett, but a lot of money to us. It just points out the advantages of having a diversified portfolio, Although Warren Buffett says diversification is because you don't know what you're doing. The average investor doesn't really know what they're doing most of the time. So being diversified in an S&P 500 fund or a total market fund is a really good approach to build a core portfolio as a base before you start doing other kinds of investing. That's right.
1: I probably have, I think I figured out 94% of my money is in ETFs, exchange traded funds, which is a version of a mutual fund, right? Mutual fund goes through a clearinghouse. It takes a day or two to get your money. An ETF, I can go on the stock market and I can change right now. I can sell it or I can buy it. And it takes me one second or 10, to 15 seconds, whatever. To do it, but I can do it right now. But I think the big thing is that risk tolerance. Where are you at in life? Obviously, the closer you get to retirement, the, the less you want to have in the active market, more in bonds. You got to think about your goals, where you're at on that. But it goes
0: back to what we were talking about earlier, which is if you set a goal, <laughs> You're more likely mm-hmm. to work toward reaching that goal. If you have no goals, you have no way of figuring out what it is that you want to accomplish. You don't have a way of measuring whether or not you've gotten close to that goal at the end of the end of a year or whatever the review cycle might be for your investments. Come back from the short break. We're going to talk about unknowns, investing to get to a million dollars. What am I doing in retirement? What are my actual goals and how do I want to live my life? Living the life of your dream and a whole bunch more. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with more great ideas for investing and building your financial security. If you're seriously interested in building your wealth, join us every week on the Really Simple Investing Podcast and check out our website at reallysimpleinvesting.com. You'll find more great podcasts, our blog on investing, and some great books from Floyd Saunders. Books like Investing for Beginners and Five Paths to Wealth. Sign up for our newsletter so you don't miss listening to our guests and learn even more about the simple things you can do to become a successful investor. You're listening to the Really Simple Investing Podcast. And now, more investing ideas as we continue our interview. We're back. This is your host, Floyd Sonner. We're with Don Gleason. We're talking about investing and saving you money for retirement and how to get there, the experience that Don has had helping people. And there's a lot of unknowns out there in the market how do we start dealing with those and
1: well there's a lot of unknowns for sure right what's the inflation rate going to be what's the interest going to return on investments all of those things but if you don't if you don't make a stab at it and put it down on paper and monitor it through the years you'll never hit it. If I think most mean- of us would oh. say
0: we'd like to have a million dollars at retirement mm-hmm. but then they think that's gee that's just impossible yet yeah. it's not really that impossible. If a 25-year-old person was able to save a month, put it into your typical S&P 500 passive index fund, say at Vanguard or Fidelity or any of these brokerage houses that have that kind of uh, portfolio, and did that $100 a month for 10 years, that's $12,000, right? That's not a tremendous amount of money. You think, well, I'm not going to make a million dollars. But you continue to do that for another twenty or 30 years, and it's just $100 a month, you don't have to increase that necessarily. Now, as you get older, you might be able to increase that a little bit more, obviously. Uh, but take that $100 a month and keep doing that over and over and over. And the S&P 500 will return an average of about 7% a year, some years more, some years less, obviously. But on average, 7% a year, compounding that. you know, I think it was Albert Einstein that was credited with saying that compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Well, it is after you let it It work for 10 or 15 years, which is the problem is not very many people are patient enough to let it wait for that period of time. But Mm -hmm. the point is, at 65 years old, you can actually have a million dollars to retire on. The next Mm -hmm. question is, is that enough money? I mean, if I had a million dollars, would I need Social Security? Good question. Yeah, you might want to have social security. It might be there, it might not be there. And it really depends on my lifestyle. Am I going to go get on that cruise ship and cruise around the world if I have a million bucks sitting in the bank? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not, right? Maybe I want to do something, as you said, I want to work for a charity or go work somewhere in a, a less developed country to help them you know, have a better life for a period of time, do some kind of volunteer work. I can now do that because I saved my money. That's the important point.
1: That that was a good way to say it. Well well said. It was funny. About 13 months ago, my daughter called me up and said, hey, and she wanted to go to Estonia. So she says, I got a $400 round trip ticket out of Houston. Do you and mom want to go with And we thought about it for a second. And then I I started to think about COVID and Russia just attacked Ukraine. And people are, you know, I could find a million reasons why not to go. And then I thought, this is exactly what I wanted. In my life at a 62. I, I I wanted to be able to just at the moment's notice pick a ticket, go somewhere in the world and see an experience. That's the kind of thing I really enjoy. Culture. Being able to have those experiences. That that became part of my dream, right? You talked about the goal. So if you don't have that, you can't get there. It won't be won't be in your mindset.
0: And so what are some of the things that you did in your investment experience that helped you get there <laughs> from a financial standpoint? I mean, was it was it just passive index funds or did you do other things? Did you buy <laughs> Stock, for example, I guess you vast
1: amount of my money has gone into, like I said, ETFs. Over the last ten to twelve years, I've been managing my own money because I was I was in various funds that were not watching it to the extent that I thought it needed to be watched. It was my money, right? Nobody's better better at managing your money than yourself in terms of knowing. And I had seen them underperform for several years, and I talked to my um, advisor, and they were like, "Oh, don't worry, we're looking at that. Everything's going to be okay." And I waited another year and same answer. And I finally like, you know, you don't care about my money. You're just making sure I stay invested in your company.
0: Okay. So you paid yeah. him a certain amount of money to stay invested with him. Right. right? And he picked yeah. mutual funds or exchange traded funds that you could have found on your own.
1: Right? Exactly. It, it, and I was just taking a little bit of time. I was paying 1.2 to 1.3% on the, what do they call them? The 12B funds, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, uh, A
0: twelve one B fund is the marketing cost for that investment mm-hmm. company to market that mutual fund out to the public, and who gets to get who gets to pay for that? You as the investor, right? That's so right. that's one of the things that you really want to learn by working with really simple investing is how to avoid as many fees as you can, because that's not money that's growing for you for your future. Exactly
1: right. So I'm, that's why part of the reason I moved into ETFs and I moved into the iShares, so the QQQ and the SP. PUI and the DIA, I'm paying somewhere down by about point two to point five, point zero two to point zero five, something like that. Very small percentage in comparison to the, the what I was paying is the with the mutual fund, and uh, and I've been able to to manage through the I don't know what I call it the balancing every year, but I've got I've you know, I, like I've got Warren Buffett, I've got the Berkshire Hathaway B shares. Five six thousand dollars to much lower down to the hundred. When he bought Burlington Northern, right. I bought in and started investing there. And last year, you know, they returned four percent, when the S and P was down nineteen. And- How frequently do you rebalance? I uh, relook at it every year. Okay, I think that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, people that try to rebalance with <clears throat> less than a year, you know, every six months or every three months, they're just moving their money around before it has a chance to compound. You that's know, right. I, I think that's <laughs> the important thing. So you're always going to stay invested in stocks and and growth companies. Uh, I think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Too many people at retirement decide that there's too much risk in stocks, so they take the money out of it. And I agree, there is some risk, mm-hmm. but the risk is that the bond's not going to pay you what interest what uh, inflation's charging you. Right? You can't even keep it up. Can't mm-hmm. even keep even. Uh, so you have to be able to balance that out. And I think it's important.
1: It's still a bit different for each person. And you got to know your personal situation, right? So If the market goes down a little bit and it comes back every couple of you know, in two or three years, I'm probably good. good you
0: know, e- earlier in one of our interviews, I was talking with a trader that had been trading on the commodities exchange in mm. Chicago for three generations. So, But he was basically saying, mm. you know, you have to have an objective and you have to set a target of where you want to mm-hmm. be. And it's okay to get out before it tops. He was doing something called swing trading. And if you listen to our podcast, we'll get a lot more information about that in one of the episodes. So check that out in the future. Don, it's really been great talking
1: with you. Can, can I add one more thought? Yeah, I was going to say, do you have a closing idea? John Maxwell in the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, the very first law is the law of the lid. Basically, he puts his hand up and he says, your Your knowledge and experience will never surpass a lid in your life because it's based upon your knowledge and your experience, right? Your your ability to do something is based upon your knowledge and experience. Like if most people probably in the investing world are down at a one or a two on a scale of you know zero to ten. And not until you A start getting smart, talking to people like you, your counterparts, reading about stocks, reading about the market, all those things, you won't be able to raise that lid to a three, a four, or a five. Mm-hmm. And then you start jumping in and you start experiencing it. Then you're going to start raising that into a seven or eight. But until we take those steps, we're going to hit a ceiling. That was so important for me because that, that's in every area of your life. So I think that was very powerful for me.
0: You know, I, I think it's a very valid and important point. It's why we're doing the Really Simple Investing, you know, the podcast, the blogs, some books to help them to acquire an understanding at the basic level of what investing looks like. It's fairly simple to learn some of the basics of investing and figure out what you want to do. But as it starts, as we said at the beginning of this podcast, it starts with your goals, right? Mm -hmm. And then you pick some things that I hope you get there. And then you keep tracking that until you get there. And then you keep going on. Don, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. We really appreciate all your insight. Keep tuning in and you'll find out a lot more information that I hope you out as an investor.
1: Don, thanks so much. Thank you very much, Floyd. It's an honor to be on your program, and I appreciate what you're doing in trying to educate our people and helping them you know, invest smartly and get their goals because uh, yeah. it's so important that we drive with that. Thank, thank you, you so thank much. Thank you for
0: all that work. Thank you for joining us for the Really Simple Investing Podcast. Every week we bring you fresh ideas for investing and really simple ways to invest and build for your financial security. Be sure and hit the like button, subscribe, follow us on our social media channels, and tell your friends. And if you'd like to be a guest on Really Simple Investing, just go to the contact page on our website and send us an inquiry.
1: Thanks. We appreciate our audience so much.